0: Welcome to the Turning Point Podcast. I'm Marita Spada. If you are already a fan of the podcast, welcome back. If you are new to the podcast, I speak with creatives and entrepreneurs about what turning points had the most impact in their lives. We discuss business, creativity, mental health, and how those may interconnect with each other. My guest today is Madison Mellish, who took her passion for dogs and wine and turned it into the side hustle project of her dreams. Like many others that are heads down in their daily grind from Monday to Friday from 9 to 5, she decided to create your weekly wine, a weekly newsletter of wine knowledge plus all the dot content you need to get you through to Friday happy hour, along with some classes and a shop where you can get your weekly wine swag on. If you're looking to venture out and turn your passion or hobby into a side business, this is definitely the episode for you so join me today in learning everything and anything about wine dogs and how to take your passion and turn it into a side hustle before we begin just one housekeeping item if you are loving the podcast and enjoying every single episode please do remember to follow the podcast, subscribe, and leave a rating. I would really appreciate it. And now, let's kick off the show. Hi, Madison. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. So I
0: wanted to start off, I usually ask people about their background, but with you, I kind of want to change things a little bit. Maybe that makes you feel special, I bet. Um, (laughs) But it's mostly... The, um the podcast is all about turning points. And with you, I kind of want to know, when did you decide to turn this kind of like passion project into a side hustle, if you will, or, or kind of put some, some shape and form into what you're doing now?
1: I think, you know, like many of us, I've loved wine for a long, long time. I've been drinking wine for a long time. But for the majority of it, I didn't really know what I liked, why I liked it, what words to use. And I just found it overall so intimidating. I was afraid to ask people. I didn't really know how to get into it. And so at some point, I decided that I would start taking formal classes. So about three years ago now, I started taking formal classes. I started working on my certification through the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. And from there, I started noticing that my friends and my family would come to me and some of the same questions that I had, they would be coming to me with. Um, feeling a little bit embarrassed, feeling a little bit shy, and I also just kind of noticed the more and more I got into it, that feeling of it being unapproachable kind of still remains, that feeling of it being just inaccessible still kind of remained, the barriers with the language, and so last year I decided to kind of put it into a, a newsletter format. Um, I've loved newsletters for a long time. I think it's great to just have a place once a week you can go to with curated links that you can get to whenever you want to. Um, And just put it in a way that people would feel that wine was finally approachable, that people would feel like it was in plain language and things that they could understand. And at the same time, I also, Had kind of become the dog content go to person uh, in my group of friends and also at my work. I still have a running Skype chat to this day that's called Dog Things. And we send each other (laughs) pictures, we send each other videos and links throughout the week just to cheer each other up. So um, I decided to bring these two things together. And I figured, you know, if I'm going to show up in everybody's inbox every week with some Y knowledge, why not throw some dog content into there? Because I think we could all probably use it. And last year for sure, ended up being just a weird year um as we all know and uh what better time to bring people dog content uh, every week than last year.
0: That's awesome. I really like it. And and that was kind of going to be my next question. I think you we we talk a little bit about this in the intro of the episode of the podcast it, itself, but um you decided to create this uh last year, right? How, like how long have you been doing this? Like I guess like formally where you are sending it uh weekly. Right? Is that the format?
1: I launched in January of last year. Yeah. I couldn't have imagined how last year was gonna turn out. I had originally imagined maybe some in-person classes in a few months, and wow, did the world change quite quickly after that?
0: I think it helps a lot. Like I think, like you say, having the nine to five and people are working from home, people are staying home, people are looking for other ways of entertainment, and people are drinking at home. Like that's this mostly what we yeah. can do now, right? Absolutely. And, and a lot of people have passion for wine and dogs and things like, like this. And, and I kind of like the website, how you put everything together. Like you have the about us, but you also are selling like swag and you're kind of incorporating classes. Um, with that said, if people are looking to take classes with you, what did those look like? Like, can you, are these classes just for someone who's kind of wanting to learn more about wine and the, the different types of wines, or is these classes that can help people further get educated so that they can get certified and is it a, a similar I don't, is that what you would you call someone that's kind of like well known on, on their wines?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely for people who want to learn more about wines. And as you're saying, I think, you know, last year we've all found ourselves drinking a lot more at home. Um, we're not going out to restaurants, we're not going out to bars. And so I think it's also just proven to a lot of people that they want to learn a lot more about wine because they want to be able to go to the grocery store or the wine store and pick up bottles on their own. So I launched my first wine class in last um, last March, uh, just a few weeks after we all came indoors. And so the very first class that I launched was one called Wine Pairing with Whatever You've Got in Your Kitchen. And I designed it to be literally with whatever you had in your kitchen. And we laughed so much, especially in the first few weeks when things were really heavy um, and the world was just very, very uncertain and unknown. Just pairing wine with pickles, pairing wine with potato chips, pairing wine with ice cream, literally whatever people had in their uh, pandemic pantries, as I affectionately called them back then, Uh, just wine with weird things that you would never think to pair them with and talking about why they work and why they don't work and principles of pairing food and wine. And from there, I've launched another one that's a Wine 101. And then more recently, a sparkling wine class, which has been really fun too.
0: That's amazing. What do you consider this? Do you consider this like a passion project? Do you consider it a a side hustle? Um, what do you, I guess, envision in the future for, for your newsletter and yeah. the overall I- business? Because I don't want to make it seem like it's just, just a newsletter. Like I've gone to the website and it's much more than just that.
1: Yeah, it's evolved. It's really evolved. I've been just so appreciative of how many people have been excited about it and interested in seeing it grow with me. Obviously, I wanna see it grow, but it's exciting to see other people grow, wanna help me grow it too. So no, it's definitely a combination of a passion project and a side hustle. I'm doing um, all the virtual classes now. Uh, the swag, like you were saying. And I just hope in the future to continue building it out. I think there's been a nice kind of community that's come out of it of people who love dogs and love wine and want to keep talking about it. So I hope that soon I can start to do in-person events and just uh, bringing people together.
0: In In regards to like maybe unpacking a little bit more of your childhood and growing up, did you ever envision something like this? Did you ever have like entrepreneur kind of spirit um or was this kind of like, I'm just going to take my passions and I just want to build something because of the circumstances of what the world was and you know, back in last year?
1: Hmm, I've never thought about that. You know, I have started a few different, down the path of a few different ideas of side hustles over the years. Um, and this is the one that really I have just been the most excited about and that's really taken off. So, you know, I started this in January before I think I knew how well, obviously, before I knew how last year would turn out right before anybody <laughs> knew how last year would turn out. And um, I think just especially last year, like I said, the need surged and people really were like, yeah, I want to know about wine and I want to know why I like different types of wine and I want to learn about different types of wine. And I just want to be more educated. Um, and at the same time, I think dogs brought us a lot of joy that we needed last year and this year continuing on. And there is definitely a large group of people who have that intersection of both and share their dog photos with me um, weekly and share their, their dog videos with me weekly. It's really great.
0: Nice. Do you have like guest uh, folks coming in and, and contributing to the newsletter? Or is it mostly like you trying to collect all this this content? Because at least what I've seen in the past is like newsletters really help everyone in general. Like if you have a, a side business or if you have like an overall, just an established business or a startup or whatever it is, newsletters bring everyone together inside in like in regards of like updates, making sure that you have some guest blog posts, just maybe people that are more well versed in a specific subject. Um, is that something that you're currently doing or is the pressure of building all of this content mostly on you?
1: So it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I do most of the content right now in the future. And especially this year, I'm definitely planning to bring in some more people who have different um, specific areas of knowledge that I don't have. Um, I have a section at the end of the newsletter that's my weekly wine picks. And I've had some guest editors for that who bring experience in cooking or baking um, or different areas. So that's definitely something that I wanna keep building out.
0: Nice. And in, in regards to, like, um, I guess, like, your background and what you're doing in your 9 to 5, how do you... I guess this question is like a multi-layer question. So I'm going to break it down a little bit. How do you find the time to have that full-time job from nine to five? Because I think there's usually this misconception of like, if I have a full-time job, I don't really have time for anything else. I don't have time for a side hustle or a side project or anything that people might be thinking. How do you balance that? Because I think that's a really important question that a lot of folks are like trying to kick off things on their own, but they don't know how to achieve that kind of like nice balance.
1: Yeah, it's a really important question, and it's something that I struggled with for sure in the beginning. And I think it's become more clear to me how to do that better as the months went on, especially as somebody who does this um, all myself primarily. And so there's so many different aspects of it, right? There's not only writing the content for the newsletter, but I'm also managing the classes that I'm doing. I'm designing classes. I am pushing out stuff on social media. I'm trying to find new people to connect with. um, It can easily kind of spiral pretty quickly. And so I definitely have to be mindful of my time and how I'm spending it. But that said, I think if you plan well, I think if you kind of set down and intentionally set goals for the week, I think it's definitely meaningful. And I find, especially with having a nine to five, it's, um, it's, it's so different than what I do nine to five. And I think it's a nice just outlet also at the end of the day to set aside a time for me, an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever I have that day to just think about this side passion projects that I really enjoy working on.
0: Yeah, I think it's a balance being disciplined. Like I rely heavily on my calendar, on my like to-do list, on things like that, because I do as well have a nine to five that has nothing to do with my podcast or kind of like the side business around the whole thing, because it's kind of like more of a brand than actually like selling something. And it's all about the discipline and just teaching yourself because a lot of the things you have no idea what you're doing in the beginning it's like mm-hmm. I don't how do I even do this like well, I, I guess it's for it. <laughs> for me, I'm in the tech industry, right? So for me, when I was building kind of like the podcast and everything, and I wanted to build a website, I knew how to build it myself. Like instead of going to maybe like a Squarespace or something like that, again, Squarespace, they're not a sponsor, but you know, it's just an example. Um, Instead of using like a kind of third-party tool, I could build it myself. I don't know what you do for your five. Feel free not to share that if, if you're not comfortable, but how did you get all those tools together, making sure that the website um, was secure, because people are going to put their credit card if they're going to buy items, making sure that how does it look like the layout, um, everything, because I'm not sure if you had done something similar, you already had some experience. But for those folks that are trying to create something and they don't know where to start, um, how did you brainstorm to kind of see all those different avenues and options and find something that worked for your budget and for your time and, and all of that?
1: Yeah. You know, I think, again, it gets back to how do you manage your time efficiently and your resources that you have. So in my nine to five, I design and I deliver training programs. So the online courses for me, that's a natural fit for me. It makes sense for me to invest my time and my energy there. Um, Websites, kind of like you were saying, I went with the Squarespace to start with because that's not (laughs) anything close to anything I've ever done. So it was great for me for a few months. And then there became a time where I realized I needed somebody professional and So I decided to invest some time and resources. So I think for me, it's definitely been trying to sit down and think like what makes sense for me to do myself and what are areas of strength that I can reasonably handle and what are places where I have zero expertise and should not be doing that. (laughs) We're spending time trying to even learn how to do it. Um, And there are so many great just resources and sites.
0: We will get back to our conversation in just a moment. But before we do, I want to give you all a few quick reminders. If you would like to view more free content relating to creativity, business, and mental clarity, and how can this help you be a better creator and entrepreneur, you may sign up for my newsletter, The Mindful Minute by visiting maritaspara.com. The links are also in the description of the episode. One more thing, this episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is a platform where you can learn anything from photography to coding. It is the place to go to leverage an existing skill or learn a new one. If you sign up with my link, you can receive two premium weeks free. With all that said, let's get back to the show.
1: Especially now for people who are trying to do things on the side. I mean, Canva, you can create beautiful graphics. Yep, that's right. um, With little to no experience doing graphic design. Squarespace, like you were saying, you can build out websites, um, at least just to start with. And there's so many great tools out there that I think now especially really, really help people who are trying to do something like this on the side.
0: Yeah, especially with newsletters, I found that there's so many different companies out there. Um, I have one myself that I'm starting to build out and I'm using, for example, like MailChimp. Mm -hmm. And that one's completely free up until I think 2000 subscribers or something like that. And once you kind of hit that Threshold, they start charging you um, based on what you want to build, based on how many times you want to test a campaign before you send it out. Because the free version, I think the first time I was building one, I kept I kept sending it to myself, and I hit that mark even before I was done building. And I was like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna know what it looks like. I guess you know, <laughs> I'll trust whatever it looks like, and I'll send it like that now, and we'll see." But there's a lot of options, and I think one time I was talking to one entrepreneur that was doing kind of a side hustle, side business thing, um, kind of passion project. And he had built an entire list of free tools. And he was oh, like, there's really no excuse for anyone that wants to build something because at the time, now Zoom, you gotta pay for it. I think they give you 40 minutes for free, but otherwise yeah. you gotta pay for it. But he, he, he had found Zoom, Mailship, Canva, um, a yeah. way to host a website for free if you were able to build it yourself. It was a, like a ridiculous list of anything from marketing to support to anything. And it's like if you do invest the time and your discipline and you even before you kick out of business, like the the fact that you're just looking for things that are free that you can use to benefit that, um, it's just investing in your time instead of, you know, just sitting there and, and thinking, what do I want to do? But not actually taking the steps towards it. Yeah, absolutely. In, in regards to wine, if someone's looking, I don't really know much about wine. This is how I go about wine. I'm gonna tell you. I, I like whiskey. Um probably more than wine and okay. I found this one wine um from Robert Mondavi that and they have um I used to live in San Francisco so I went to Napa that's probably my favorite place to go is to Robert Mondavi because they don't really count how many glasses of wine they're giving you tip for anyone <laughs> that wants to go to California and get free wine um they they keep give they keep giving you refills and I was like how do how does the how do they make any money here? Because, you know, usually they like measure it and this is the the kind of like the tasting that they give you. And then you got to purchase
1: actually mm-hmm. a glass
0: of wine. So mm-hmm. my favorite is that one because it's, I guess it's like aged in whiskey barrels. Okay. So it, it has, it's kind of a, it's, it's not that strong. Cause I say that and people are like, wait, maybe the mix of whiskey and wine, I'm going to be passed out in five minutes, but mm-hmm. it's really nice wine. And if you go to Costco, you can get it for like $12. So okay. It's a really nice gift for someone who you don't really know what like they, they like to drink. You have whiskey and wine. Um, that's how I go to with with wines. But if someone is trying to figure out if they're more like Merlot or Cabernet or Pinot, or I'm, I don't know about wines, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job at selling yeah. it.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> how would you recommend for them to be like, how do I find my taste without having to buy so many bottles of wine and in figuring it out what, what I like?
1: Yeah, wine is a whole new language. And part of, again, what makes it a little bit unapproachable and what makes it hard for people is knowing the words to use for it. So I'll give you an example. A lot of people will say dry, and that's often what I used to say. I used to say, like, I like dry wine. Well, the word dry in the world of wine actually means that it's not sweet. I thought I was referring to a specific quality of the wine. So in reality, I wasn't really helping anybody that I was trying to ask (laughs) ask for a glass of wine or a type of wine at the wine store. Um, So I think when you're at a good wine store or you're at a place that really knows it, they'll be really good at asking you the right questions to get to that. Um, Do you like spicy notes in your wine? Do you want it to be really smooth? Just asking the right questions so that again, it's not unapproachable. It's not totally, um, making you feel bad or intimidated. Um, but somebody who really is good at doing that will be able to kind of narrow you in the right direction, um, to decide what it is that you're looking for. That is a good
0: tip. Cause usually we go with the idea of like, if it's expensive,
1: it's good. And I've had yeah. good wines That's that good.
0: are, yeah, between maybe like, I don't know, $10 to 20. Absolutely. Beautiful wines, really good. My cousin is definitely going to enjoy this episode. She she'll go to what's this store? Um it's pretty much everywhere, it's like a chain store. Is it Wine Wine something? I can't remember the store. Total Wine? Total Wines, that one. Yes. Total she'll wine. go there and and Sorry, what was that? Little wine is great. Yeah, no. And she'll go there and she'll I think people think that she works there. She doesn't like she's just like (laughs) telling people what to buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she'll love this episode for for sure. But I think that's that's the typical um, idea is like the more money I spend, the better quality of wine you will get. And that's not necessarily true, at least for me, like I've never experienced that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And the same thing with, I love Trader Joe's wine. I've told people that so many times. And it's funny because I think that almost surprises people sometimes. Like They expect that, oh, I must not shop at Trader Joe's. I'm like, why? They have great wine. (laughs) They have (laughs) super, super wine. And there are so many great wines that they sell there for below 20 bucks, for below 15 bucks. And I've even recommended ones to people that are below $10 that they have there that are great. And I think that always surprises people because you're right, there is Just, I think this uh, misconception that the more that you pay for something, the better that's going to be. And that's really, really not true. And I think especially when it comes to places that are bigger, um, they've got a lot of marketing costs that you have to think about, and that's all getting factored into the wine. So oftentimes you can get really great bottles from these places that people might not have heard from or heard of before.
0: Yeah, I go, I, you know, I'm not a chef. I, I, I'm a horrible cook to that effect, but I (laughs) I made um, clams in like wine and that garlic sauce with, you know, when mm-hmm. you dip the bread and whatnot
1: mm-hmm. and you need
0: white wine. And I was like, I'm not going to spend a ton of money. Like, I, so I went to Costco and I got like the Kirkland mm-hmm. white wine and it was like $6 and I was tasting, yeah. I'm like, this is actually pretty good, $6. And it's like pretty good. Even if it's only for cooking or for actually drinking it or pairing it with what you're cooking with, yeah. they make really good quality wines, even at that price point.
1: Yeah, Costco has some great Kirkland brand wines. They really, really do. So you just have to know. Um, but yeah, Costco, Trader Joe's, I'm all for it. Totally all for it.
0: <laughs> I guess my my last question on the wine front if, and I know you shared some favorites. What are your personal favorites? If people were, are wondering and they kind of want to take your lead on that.
1: Oh, I get this question. It's so hard because it changes so often. Um, <laughs> I'll say so on the budget friendly option. I have been loving a lot of wines out of South America. There are so many good budget-friendly options. Um, for example, Tanat from Uruguay, great wine, super for the winter, lots of tannins. It's also very high in antioxidants, which people love to hear if you um, are thinking about any kind of potential health benefits from wine. <laughs> as good as. <laughs> that's uh, good. Carmenier from Chile, again, great value, super, super wine and... Um, yeah, I think especially in the winter, I just am leaning into those like bigger wines with lots more flavor. So Petit Verdot, same thing, uh, lots of flavor and uh, lots of tannins, and it'll keep you very warm in the winter nights. Amazing.
0: Lovely. So I like to wrap up asking questions to my guests that are not really related to turning points in their lives or <laughs> their passion projects or their business or, or whatever the the guest is kind of speaking about. So Um, I'm changing them a bit. I'm testing some things with you today. Um, So if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be and
1: why? Mm. Can it be past or present? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hands down, 100,000%, it would be Michelle Obama. She, I feel like, would be amazing to have wine with. Um, I had, well, one of my very favorite wines that I had last year was actually the wine from Virginia that they served at their first date dinner. It's sparkling wine out of Virginia. Um, so I know she has great taste in wine. Um, I just feel like you could have so many fun conversations with her and you would probably just laugh all night long. So 100,000% it would be her.
0: She's, she is amazing. It's funny that you say that. The Obamas are killing it because I was testing these questions with my wife before I interviewed you and I asked her and she said Obama.
1: Oh, she said Barack? Yeah. yeah. No, I, but she- I would go Michelle. I go she, michelle. she loves them I mean, both hope, yeah. okay okay yeah i'd hope that barack was maybe there too by chance but <laughs> <Just> <laughs> but I would want they're both there <laughs> yeah and i'm also of course hoping that like sunny and Bo are there too so just so that yeah. i can have them <laughs> they look very fluffy and amazing
0: it's awesome though she she loves it we have all the books she has listened to the podcast probably twice she loves big Me big too. michelle obama yeah. fan <laughs> i agree i think she's a wonderful woman i and i You know, it's just a great example of a first lady like she's so smart and kind of independent. Yeah. And kind of like the type of woman that you want little girls to kind of like be like, oh, you know, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And my last question is, what are you binge watching right now or what show or movie did you watch recently that you would recommend?
1: This always surprises people. So I am a big diehard fan of the whole 90 day fiance series. <laughs> um, it's almost as if you can never end because there are so many spinoffs at this point. I've been watching it since probably the beginning. Um, I'm so happy that they're like filming themselves in quarantine now because really it, just, it can just never, ever end. Um, so I am always watching at some point either 90 day fiance or before the 90 days or after the 90 days or in quarantine or out of quarantine or wherever they are. I'm watching one of those.
0: <laughs> Do you know what the, that, that show has I think we stumbled upon it, but years ago, because they've been doing a couple of seasons now, and we probably—I think we probably watched like a season or two. And we, we, we're not like we're not fans where we record it, but we have seen it. But like you said, that show has now evolved. I think the following just grew so massively that they do have spinoffs. They're doing this. They're doing that. The characters have basically made a career for themselves from the show.
1: Yes, yes, they have. They really, really have. It's just totally safe to problem. happen
0: with reality TV. But I feel like I don't know if it's the age that we're living in now because I feel like the real world, for example, in M T V like folks were really popular at that time when the show was on air, and they might have gotten some like extra pocket money from doing some things after the show. Eventually, everyone went their own way. But like, Mm -hmm. I feel like now maybe 2015 to like now any person that's doing reality TV has actually been able to leverage some sort of business from being on TV.
1: Yes, yes. And I think many of them are probably going into it with with that thought too. But yes, yes. Yeah, no, I, I think the whole franchise is great. And I probably write like 90% of my newsletters while well, that is in on the background. So there's <laughs> fact, my readers is uh, if there's ever a slip and it starts talking about 90 days, that's probably why.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So I do love to give my guests a space to kind of like share where people can find you, any social media, your website, Uh, talking a little bit more about the newsletter. If people are wondering, should I sign up? What am I getting if I sign up? Um, so I'm going to give you that space now. So share as much as you would like.
1: Okay, thanks. So you can find us on Instagram, Your Weekly Wine. So wine actually has an H in it. Uh, it's a pun on dogs whining and actual wine. So YourWeeklyWine.com as well. Um, your Weekly Wine on Instagram with an underscore after it. And then our newsletter comes out every Monday morning. I try and aim it like right before people go to work EST at least. And hopefully it gives people something fun to. Well, maybe in the after days, look look forward to on our commutes. Um, Right now, maybe as you're just waking up and getting out of bed and just give you like a curated list of dog content, funny videos to look at, funny photos to look at. There's always a Puppets Up For Adoption that I feature in the newsletter as well. And then the wine topics rotate week to week. So some weeks I'll do a wine grape that maybe you've never heard of. Some weeks maybe I'll focus on a region. Last week I had been getting a lot of questions about wine clubs and do I sign up for wine clubs? What do I think about wine clubs? Are they a hoax, are they not a hoax? (laughs) Um, And so I went through kind of my considerations and some of the wine clubs that I am a part of and why I like them. So it totally ranges. And I also love when people throw in questions. Uh, When folks sign up for the newsletter, one thing that I ask, well, two things I ask them is one, do you have a really cute dog that you wanna share with me? Because I like seeing them and other people like seeing them. And I love featuring readers, uh, pictures of their pups at the end. And then two, do you have a wine question that you've always wanted to know about and you never knew, you know, you never knew who to ask or um, you were, you know, maybe worried about asking somebody and sounding silly? Uh, There's no silly question. So I love doing that both through the newsletter and then also on my Instagram page. I do that every once in a while and it's really fun. We talk about things like, is it okay to put ice cubes in wine and um, do I need to have the right type of stemware and all those kinds of questions and uh, sometimes questions about dogs too. So it's fun.
0: That's cool. Well, I will be signing up, and I do have a cute dog. Oh, so cute. I will send my picture of my dog. Please, um, please. She's just a cockapoo. She's crazy. She's just oh. you know, she's she's six years old, but acts like a puppy. And so we called her uh, her name's Riley. So she goes on Instagram by Riled Up Riley. Oh,
1: cute! <laughs>
0: so cute. he's sharing that with you. You can definitely um, put her in your newsletter if you like. Thank you so much for. <laughs> joining me today this was beyond a a really fun conversation just to give people an idea of you know what to do with your time uh sign up for some great newsletters to get some dog and wine content and just figure out if this is a new passion for yourself as well so
1: yeah yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me
0: The idea of creating a side business in a year of complete uncertainty is something that we can all admire. During the past year, due to COVID, businesses all over the world have turned to brainstorming to create new methods of income. Through my conversation with Madison, I hope you gain some value on how to take a passion and turn it into a side hustle. This world, this society is constantly evolving and we must embrace it and challenge ourselves along the way. But for now, peace out. See you next time.